I've been getting a lot of the bigger shows now, which is good. And um, I mean, it's like K-pop and then there's K-hip-hop. So I do kind of both. And, um, you know, every show that I do, you know, I get a lot of especially females that will come up to me and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I've, I've never heard hip-hop like this. You know, you're actually saying positive things. You're encouraging us. Like, you can tell that they didn't know it, but they really wanted to hear these messages. Good. What's up, everybody? It's yours truly. He's Sun Lee, and you are currently listening to Testimony, a musician's story. Keep it locked. Uh, it's easy to be separated from God. This world is a mindset that's ready to charge. These people are sitting and it's making it hard. I don't care what they think, and I can't disregard. My Jesus, I'ma seize this. I'ma take this opportunity and freeze this. Leave this, I never will. Spread the word of God like I said I will. Living like an outcast, I'm better still. Die for the truth, you bet I will. Live for the truth, you bet I will. Rock for the Lord, don't test my skills. See me going all out. It occurred to me, not a lot of people really have the nerve to be On fire for the Lord and what's worse to see The enemies come to both trying to work in me Got work in me, never gonna worse in me Devil better go, let him out like a burp in me <laughs> No excuses, living for the Lord, better go ahead and prove it God has a will for your life, better use it A blessing to breathe every day, don't abuse it Who's ready to call out? No time now to stall out Stand up, don't fall out, this is your moment, gotta go all out She's a rapper, she's a poet, she's a Christian she is a wife. She is a mother. She is Korean. She is Hee San Lee. In 2013, we told her testimony prior to the release of her then second album, Stereotypes, which was her first release on the label. Oh yeah, and I did mention she is a mother, so you will hear her two daughters in the background. That's that thug life. Uh, wanna talk about it? I'ma talk about it. Thinking life is funny, figures you ain't thought about it. Once I flow lead, how I proceed? Guaranteed to speak the truth if you don't know me. Not a phony, I'm a real truth spitter. Your girl changed her life when the truth fit her. Now a better person, cause the truth's in her. Going everywhere, making sure the truth's with her. The label definitely helped me get more exposure and stuff. So I, I believe, you know, stereotypes did what, what it was supposed to do. Um, it did it did open up a lot more uh I guess avenues for me. I feel like I had kind of a name in the Christian hip hop industry, but I think with stereotypes, and again, it's linked to being signed to the label. They got me into more things in the industry. Like I was able to do more shows. I, uh, I just had more platforms, and people got to, and you know, it actually charted a little bit on the uh, on iTunes, which I totally was not expecting. I mean, I still, I guess, am not. But at that time, I really wasn't a huge, huge artist. So I, I really was just proud that I had a project out, and then. When the label texted me and they were like, oh my gosh, it's charting, you know, I mean, it was just, it was mind-blowing. I just, I really didn't expect that at all. Stereotypes was her only release on that label. Welcome to this life of mine, I'm busy writing rhymes. Mike is mine, now we're never press record, I'll fight for time. I'll show the world how I'm living, hope you like these lines. Shocked that I'm still spitting, know that I'm the type to grind. Anyone who knows me knows my life is dedicated. Making moves and music, hoping I could elevate it. I never had a co-sign, there's no sign to help around. I'm just another story of a rapper trying to make a round. Did every show, every festival, invest it all. Fry my brain for years, can't believe I'm not a vegetable. Best of all, gave my all. I put stereotypes out, so then it was like, 
the middle of 2015, which was a little over a year ago, and I kept telling my producer and the label, I was like, I should get back in the studio. Like, you know, not to get into too many details, but, you know, per my contract, it's supposed to be every 18 months, I'm supposed to be putting a project out. And it was literally 18 months later, and I didn't even I didn't even record one song. So I was like, "What what is going on? And we were going back and forth on things, and they were saying it wasn't their fault. Like, I'm, I'm, in my head, I was like, this does not make any sense. So literally, we were having not, you know, not massive fights, but it was a lot of verbal disagreements. And then finally, I told them at the same time, which I could understand they were a little bit like, Cindy, you're crazy. But um, I was telling them I also wanted a kid. You know, I wanted to have another daughter. And um, this was something, again, that I was trying to talk to my producer about before this um, whole conversation even happened. Because after Stereotypes dropped, I had a conversation with the label, and I said, probably within a year or so, I'm going to try for a second kid. And, you know, they were like, okay, you know, we'll see how it goes. But they kind of brushed it off, thinking maybe I'll forget. <laughs> you know, and then it was actually past a year, and then I was I was getting very frustrated, you know, for my personal life, trying to have another child. And putting a project out and I why why I really wanted to speed the second project along was because I wanted to put the project out before I had the second child but now I wasn't recording I wasn't doing anything and I also wanted my other kids so it was like you guys I could have recorded this project six months ago and we could have promoted it and done stuff and then I could have had time to get pregnant and you know try to have another kid but now I have to do everything at once and their whole argument was like you can't have a kid now. How are you going to have a kid and you're going to promote and you're going to try and make another album? And I said, well, I didn't want to do it this way, but you guys really weren't giving me chances to get in the studio. We just have so many creative differences. They were not for me having another kid. Uh, they, you know, they really believe that it would have stopped my whole progress as an artist. We just kind of parted ways after that. It took like, you know, legally it took even more time because I had to get lawyers involved. I didn't have like any labels, like I guess major ones that were knocking down my door saying that they wanted to <laughs> sign me. And I, I believe that after everything I went through with this label, I was like, I just need to be by myself. I need to figure out what I want to do and just do it my way. Not, you know, not being conceited, but just like, you know, I have to take care of myself and my family, you know, and just figure out what I want to do. So I, I thought it was best to just be independent. Eyes on Son is independent, it has allowed her the opportunity to be creative with her reach. She has ventured into exploring the huge Korean pop 
also known as K-pop world, a musical genre that originated in South Korea. Yeah, obviously, I'm Korean, so it would make sense to go down the Korean path. But, you know, I, I never did that. I, I always believe, you know, being an artist, you know, obviously in hip-hop, that, you know, Korean people really aren't, they don't know much about hip-hop. Or I would feel weird, like, you know, I, I felt like to be a, a legitimate rapper, like, you shouldn't be rapping in front of Korean people. That was something that I always believed. So I never got into the whole Korean scene, and then... It was my husband, you know, go figure, he's Korean. And he was saying that, you know, we should tap into this market. I mean, you are Korean. And, you know, we feel like with the Christian hip-hop industry, I've done a lot of festivals, a lot of the artists, you know, and people know me and stuff. But I just feel like I'm going in circles sometimes in this industry. Like, if you're not on Reach Records, if you're not a, a male, you know, if you're not, you know, maybe a Humble Beast artist, I don't know, like one of the bigger labels, you're not going to get anywhere. Like all, even like these big time festivals, they, you know, the rock and worship festival, I mean, all these really big ones, they only book like the reach records artists. And I mean, sometimes they won't, but it's just, it's so hard. And I've had moments where I almost got booked and then, you know, the, the promoters will be like, Oh, we want you, he son, but you know, can you sell this, you know, can you sell tickets? And that's really at the end of the day, what it comes down to. So I feel like, well, if I don't have a platform, how are people going to know about me? And then how am I going to sell the tickets? So it was always like this, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting nowhere in this industry. So me and my husband were getting very frustrated. And now that we're independent, we're like, let's do what we want to do. You know, let's try the, the K-pop, you know, the K-pop world. They're not really Christian. So they would, it's actually great to be in it because you could bring another side to hip hop that they've never heard before. You know, we started doing shows here and there and we got connections and then I got, now I have a manager, he's Korean and he's really into the Korean industry. So he was helping us in that way. I've been getting a lot of the bigger shows now, which is good. And um, they love it. Like these, I mean, it's like K-pop and then there's K-hip hop. There is a genre for K-hip hop, as corny as that sounds, but there is like a, a little difference there. So I do kind of both. And, um, you know, even at every show that I do, you know, I get a lot of especially females that will come up to me and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I've, I've never heard hip-hop like this. You know, you're actually saying positive things. You're encouraging us. Like, these girls, like, you can tell that they really, they didn't know it, but they really wanted to hear these messages. And because they never got to hear them, you know, they didn't even realize that they were in need of it. And then when they saw me performing, they were like, oh, my gosh, we why are there not more of you, you know? So that's why it's such a great impact to see these things, and um, that's what makes me want to do this more, because it's a, it's a new crowd, it's refreshing. Well, I actually did this Asian show like a month ago, and this girl hit me up, and she, she was actually she was Christian, and she just saw me performing there, and then she, she messaged me on Facebook, and she's like, I'm, like, I'm so honored. I can't believe I found a girl that raps for God. You know, she, she was looking for it, and she never, I don't know why she can't just Google in Christian hip-hop, but she couldn't find anything, and then she saw me performing, and she was, and we built a connection. I mean, I still do Christian hip-hop shows, obviously, but I just feel, I was just getting frustrated, and I still am, I guess. You know, I, I it's just, I feel like it's such a small circle, Christ, you know, Christian hip-hop. It's it's so hard to make it, and, you know, like I said, you, you, you're, you know, you're female, you're not signed to these big labels, nobody wants to hear you, and... It's hard. Beauty for Ashes is her newly released independent album. It's funny how life works out. It's funny how life turns out. Remember those days I was burnt out? Can't believe what I learned now. Listen to the rest how I became something from nothing. True story. Everything I've been through, God gets glory. See me full of riches. Boy, I'm never living poorly. Surely you. I'm
So the whole point of why I did Beauty for Ashes was um, kind of going off with my whole label thing. When I started this album, I, you know, I still had a fan base, but a lot of what I, you know, I, I really had to start everything from scratch, you know, and because I, you know, like I told you earlier, a lot of the things that were kind of resonating in my head was, you know, you're not going to make it, like it's going to be too hard. And this wasn't the first time I heard it. I used to work with another ministry and, you know, I, I, I feel like I keep getting like these, you're not going to make it, you can't do this, it's impossible. And so here I was trying to start this album on my own. We, Me and my husband really don't obviously have a lot of money and we just we did whatever we could to make it. You know, we went broke a lot of times, and, you know, probably like most artists. And then um, I decided to name it uh, Beauty for Ashes. Just, I started from nothing, you know, like just how Beauty for Ashes um, from the Bible. I started from nothing. Even if you go even further with my life, I was adopted. I literally, you know, was left with nothing. So my whole life story is kind of about that, that I start from nothing. And then, I, you know, with God in my life, somehow, you know, things pick up and I transform things into something really great. So that's why this album, I feel like, was started from nothing. And I made a great, well, in my mind, I made a really great project for myself that I, I'm very proud of and that I know that I did because God helped me through it. So it's also an encouragement to other people that obviously, you know, whatever you're going through or if people are telling you you're not good enough or you can't make it, you know, that God has something better for you, that you are destined to be better with God in your life. Want to support Testimony and Musician Story? Here's how. We created a Patreon account that allows you to financially support us while receiving perks. One perk is our exclusive cuts. I have one to two hour long conversations with artists and cut it down to 15 minutes. So there is a lot of great content that I simply cannot fit into one episode. Our Patreon supporters will get those exclusives plus conversations with myself and partner and engineer, Gary. Visit TestimonyStories.com to find the Patreon link and support our ministry. If you are unfamiliar with Hison Lee's testimony, you can familiarize yourself with it by going to TestimonyStories.com and using our search engine to look up the Hison Lee episode. But in the meanwhile, here's a little tidbit of info. She was adopted as a baby in Korea by a Chinese-American family. Growing up, she dealt with identity issues. Her spoken word piece, Bloodlines, delves into some of those issues. Yeah. I used to think I was unfortunate. Unfortunate to live a life that could never tell me the origins of my story. See, most people know how they were born. Most people know where they were born and most people know why they were born, but unfortunately, I was never given those details on my adoption papers. Unlike most children who can lightheartedly run to their parents and tap them on their shoulders to ask them how they so lovingly entered into this world, I unfortunately can only speak to the made up faces that are constantly lurking around in my dreams. These made-up faces, a.k.a. my so-called birth parents, are only temporary visions to keep my sanity in check. 
because the truth is, I don't know anything about my existence. I don't know if I was a mistake, a blessing, a life that was meant to be loved, but unfortunate circumstances made caring for me impossible, I don't know. And while I cherish the privileged life that my adoptive family has provided me with, there was always one unfortunate detail that even they could not give to me. A bloodline. It's what ties families together, what they subconsciously depend on when they look each other in the eyes. It's how families are identified and strengthened. These bloodlines carry the same DNA, the same makeup that makes up a family. Bloodlines that flow continuously through similar veins. They extend through generations, never losing its value. Bloodlines connect lives. They connect souls. It was something that I missed, something that once passed through me and then was cut off at my fingertips. I never had a bloodline. 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 And so for that, I thought I was unfortunate. Until my daughter was born. <laughs> She's about to turn four. And there hasn't been one day where I didn't look at her and forget that I now have a bloodline. I can finally look at someone and physically see myself in them. I can see my lips in hers. I can study the presence of her big and cheerful eyes and know that I gave them to her. I comb her hair every morning, examining each strand and embracing its texture proudly, knowing that it's the same as mine. My ears boast at the sound of long-awaited compliments from strangers and friends telling me my daughter looks like me. And this is a new world for me, and now, now I feel fortunate for that. See, bloodlines that have spoiled and settled down in people have caused them to take for granted life's most simplest and purest blessings. Being able to create a life inside of me and see my daughter possess my traits is a mind-blowing experience that every day I thank God for. And without ever feeling unfortunate, I would never be able to fully grasp the deepest understanding of being fortunate enough to have a bloodline. 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 Okay, so based off of everything Hee-san has shared thus far, you probably have figured out that her husband is Korean and goes super hard for her and her musical career. But what you may not know is that he's a cop in one of the New York City boroughs. Their relationship helped inspire the track, I Love You, Daddy. Uh, yo. It's getting dark outside, he just had dinner. He's sitting with his daughter, staring at the joy in her. She laughed a lot, always smiled at him, never stopped. That was her daddy, she didn't see him as a cop. His wife was there too, she tucked him on his shirt. She said, get ready, almost time, you gotta get to work. She hated the night tours every time he left the house, worrying that something might go down. She had so many doubts. He always held her hand, told her it would be okay. He'd be back tomorrow to see another day. He kept his promise with her. Was always honest with her And then he hugged his daughter Told her that her mama's with her He'd be back, he'd be back, he'd be back We'll play some games in the morning You can count on that Both her eyes lit up She said, I love you, daddy I'll see you in the morning I love you, daddy I love you, daddy, I love you, daddy. 
not trying to be nasty, but it, it just seems like everybody hates cops. And, you know, I totally understand why I, it's, you know, mainly it's, it's really because I'm married to a cop that I, I, I kind of feel for them more. I, I, I tell my husband all the time, before I married you, I, I hated cops too. Like I, to an extent, still kind of do sometimes coming from, you know, I'm, I'm not African-American. I'm, I, I don't have that outlook. So, but I have a lot of African-American friends. Um, so I always tell Tim that I'm in the middle. Like I feel bad for both sides. But when I see all of these people, especially on social media, they're always like just hating on cops. It's just, it's so hard to stay Christian. It's so hard to, you know, think neutral and to be okay. Cause I see how it affects my husband. And I'm seeing a lot of these Christian artists, I, I don't think they're intending this, and not all of them, just some of them I see. They'll be putting stuff out on their own songs, and they're talking about police brutality, and they're saying all this stuff, and they have their own right. And I'm not saying that they're wrong, because again, I don't know their lifestyle, I don't know what they've been through, but I told him, I said, nobody is going to put a song out about cops. Nobody's going to like look at you guys in that type of way. And it's not, this song wasn't about taking sides. It was just trying to let people see the, the human side of cops, that they're not, they're not killers. You know, for the most part, all of them aren't killers. They're fathers, they're husbands. They're just regular people who have to go to work and do things that they don't want to do sometimes, just like all of us. And unfortunately, you know, really bad situations happen with cops. You know, people aren't looking at it like that. They're, they always give an excuse for cops, like, oh, they signed up for this, or, you know, but, you know, that's life, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, nobody really feels for what cops are going through, especially now, which, again, I understand why. But I, I, I just really wanted to just, you know, I guess make the whole cop issue more sensitive and just people just to take a little step back and say, you know, they're not all bad. They're, they do. I see it. I didn't think of it like this. They have kids because that's what my husband goes through. You know, he, you know, he, I don't think every day he's at risk for his life, but that's, he's just an honest cop who goes to work. He's trying to help his community and he's had a lot of rough experiences, but you know, like other people say, he signed up for it. So he tries not to complain, but when people are shouting at him and calling him a racist, it's, it's very hard for him to like keep his composure. I really just want to show people the human side of cops. That's all. Let Me Talk is a controversial song that publicly addresses some of the personal family issues within the Christian hip hop community. I'm an artist too. I get it. We're human. There's certain things that, you know, it's just inevitable for us to feel like. But, you know, I've seen so many like stuck up artists. It's like, bro, like seriously, this is, you're doing this for God. And I understand you're tired. You're a big artist. All these fans want to meet you. You're hiding in the green room. You don't come for a sound check. You come, you know, for everyone's sound check. You come literally 
when you're supposed to go on stage and then after you perform, you leave, you know, or you go back up in the green room and you don't talk. And, I, and I, you know, I'm not saying this for all our artists. It's just, you know, a couple that I've seen. I've done tours where I was the only one downstairs meeting fans. And this is after the show, you know, signing autographs and interacting with the fans. And all the other artists are upstairs and they're taking their time. Something never even came down, you know. So, I mean, like I like I said, I, I get it. You know, sometimes you're just tired after you're set. To be a Christian artist, I mean, we, we have to set ourselves at a different standard than regular artists. And I feel, you know, this is why you're doing it. You're doing it for these fans. You're doing it so you can have these one-on-one conversations with them, to the people who are going through things, who are depressed or who, who look up to you. I'm not saying we're all like this, and maybe I've done it before, but that that's really what inspired me to make write this song. It's just, you know, I feel like we're all just a bunch of hypocrites where... You know, if God really took our gift away, would we still be these Christians that we say we are? You know, you can talk about God all you want on a track, and you can write about him on your Instagram so thousands of people can comment. But, you know, say he did something so you can't rap anymore. I mean, are you really doing this for God? Like, it's very hard for me to, to see that now. I, I feel like we're watering down our messages. We're not proclaiming enough that we're Christians. And I'm not the one who's very gospel or whatever on my tracks, but... I don't know. I feel like the more popular you get now as an artist, the less you talk about God. That's just my perspective. Everybody keeps hashtagging the same team. I don't see how me and Lecrae are on the same team. I mean, the only way I can see it is that Lecrae did pave a lot of ways for Christian artists to make it because, I mean, he's doing things that nobody has done before. So now, now society will be more open to Christian artists. So in that way, I feel like he's helped us. But in other ways, I mean, I don't, like I like I said earlier, like all these festivals and all these shows, they're they're literally it's like a rot a rotation. It's the same artists all the time, and I mean I see all these struggling New York artists out here and all these other artists, you know, and we're not getting anywhere. And it's not these bigger artists' fault, you know. I mean they're not. I mean I'm trying to think of it from my perspective. If I get really huge, am I going to come down and take all these you know artists who aren't as big as me and help them? I mean you have to be realistic at the same time. So I. Again, I'm trying to be understanding of both sides. Like, you know, these, these artists who are trying to make it right now, it's not the responsibility of the bigger artists to help them. But I don't know. I just feel like there's no connection. There's no, there's no unity. She hooked up with fellow female MCs Cicely and Butter P for the song Underdog. Yeah. I heard they gossiping. These rumors be dropping in. They gotta be talking a lot. I know that it gives them oxygen. But I'm real confident. How it's done, I'll box them in. I do this for my two girls, Kayla and Jocelyn. Hearing the judgments all the time. They always be popping in. But life prevails on its own. I'll keep on blossoming. Your girl has been underrated from day one. They hearing my tracks and they never play one. I'll do my own thing and I'm bringing this. Branching off of everything I've been talking about, which is me feeling like I just haven't made it you know, in the Christian hip-hop world as where I really want to make it. So I feel like I get, not trampled on, but I don't get taken seriously enough because I'm Asian or because I'm female. And now, I don't know, people look at me like I'm a joke because I have two kids. It's like, okay, this girl has so much baggage. <laughs> like, how is she ever going to do it, you know? It's bad enough I'm female. It's hard to book females on tours. And then now I have kids that I might have to travel with. Like, there's no way I'm going anywhere. So that's why I always feel like I'm the underdog. I feel like, you know... It's it's so hard to make it from my my standpoint, but I'm still doing it regardless. I have two girls and I have another completed album, so it's like um, yeah, 
as a Christian, it's totally wrong, but it's like, I remember what my label said to me, and they were telling me, you can't do it with two kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and here I am, I have two kids, and I did my album. You know, I feel like me and Butterpee have a lot of um, similarities, because she has two kids, she's been doing this as long as me, and she even put something out similar uh, recently, it was called No Love, and she was talking about how, like, yeah, like, she, it's so hard for her to make it, like, she's not getting any love for all the stuff she's been doing, and... You know, I feel like we're all underdogs. I mean, even Cicely. Cicely's been doing this for a good amount of time. And her last album, she was telling me, like, certain things about it. Like, she wished it would be, you know, she had more responses to it. And, you know, it's not because we're not, you know, talented or it's not because we're not trying. It's I Sometimes we just feel like it's things we can't control. It's You know, but we're trying to let people know that regardless of that, we're, uh, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Cicely! Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Now I know I'm not the only one. Grand time to refine my sumi content.